Magic Talks, Magic Man London. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 52 of Magic Talks. Yes, you've listened to my voice and other people's voice for bang on a year now after this episode. In this episode, we get to talk to Craig, who owns Panopic Panopt. He's going to tell you the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Why don't we just start with that? Uh, I first met Craig, when was it, January or February last year at an event? It was February in London. Uh, oh, no, actually, it would have been uh, March. It would have been the first, uh, it was the second or third of March yeah. at the uh, Delegate Anglers event, yeah. So all, all was good in the events world? At that point. <laughs> yeah. And then the worst magic trick in the world, our calendars got deleted. An incredible trick. <laughs> yeah, not one I ever want to do again. Uh, I know, can, so, we, can, we, can, can we find the reverse? <laughs> I'm working on it. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it might be on the 24th or 21st, but I might have to delay it by like two weeks to a month, but I'm hoping not to. It's, 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 in, the, it's in the ether, good. It is. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to chuck you in right at the deep end from the very beginning, because I've been reading your blog on your not nine to five website and it's this yep. when obstacles arise change direction not your decision so what have you done during lockdown oh wow it loves the podcast <laughs> <laughs> the eight hour podcast uh, well. <laughs> uh, that's quite a story <laughs> yes um <laughs> I think I'll just first and foremost, I'm Craig from Panoptic Events. Um, just the, the name, I've had some, I've had some interesting namings of it before, but ultimately, uh, yes, you were, you were good, you were close. So. <laughs> there we go, that's enough. But yes, um, at the time when we met, uh, I think a lot of people in the UK were probably still a wee bit in denial that um, events were going to be cancelled or we were going to go to lockdown despite the kind of cries of what was coming out of Asia and stuff and um, I was slightly fortunate at the time that well, I say fortunate I suppose it was a bit of a blessing I sort of knew in February like what we'd been getting cancelled and what was about to happen I'd had some knowledge from inside the public health of Scotland and uh, I'd also had um of, of murmurings of what might happen and then I was in Europe for six weeks uh, which actually involved that London trip uh, when I was passing through I came down to London for a bit um, and in that time it was like right we need to plan we need to plan for what well, at that time was really much uncertainty um, and when I remember coming back from London I, 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 I went down for the idea of this vision what's happening in the events world in London give me hope here this is going to be a very good year and all that side of things and I came home and I sort of reviewed everything. I was like, right, the events world for us personally was like, it was growing. We were doing the things we wanted to be doing. Um, the numbers that ultimately at that point we'd actually already lost where um, despite the brave face I had down in London, um, showed confidence in the market. So I kind of knew what we were doing was on the right track. Uh, ultimately what we had to do was probably sit back and plan. So, um, Every quarter I do 90-day planning and at the end of March that year I went down to on the bike uh, just down by water and sat and I wrote what was the most important 90-day plan 
uh, of my career, if you like, uh, life. And uh, basically, I was having to work out what's the runway, how long have we got, what do we have to do to get there, how do we keep the faith, that sort of thing. So uh, basically, wrote an entity plan, and from that, um, yeah, loads of things started to come from that, and yeah. Yeah, 2020 was the year that we were going to go, right, here we are. This is what we've been working towards. We're going to hit the ground hard and have an amazing year. Yeah. And then it seems yeah. to disappear. There were inklings, like, remember when we were at Confex last year? Uh-huh. That was one of the last big shows. Um, coronavirus was a thing, but nothing that we were really worried about. It was at the back of our heads, but we were still shaking hands and everything like that. It's like, look, this is something in China. We don't really need to worry about it. And then fairly quickly, it was like, right, we're going into a lockdown. And I think me and especially some others thought, right, this will go on for maybe a month or two. Yeah. We, we never saw it going on for like 15 months. No, certainly not. And at the time, actually, over that period, I was in Europe for six weeks. And at the start, I was in Madrid and it was like, well, this thing happening, not really to worry about. Then I was in Athens, it wasn't really spoke about. Then I was in Lithuania, and uh, it was there the first time that I'd actually seen anything that when I arrived in that airport, it was a wee testing station. It wasn't a testing station at the time, it was an information stand just on arrival, um, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was out in Copenhagen, and well, it was somewhere else I was, and I was coming back through... Um, an airport and I had like four hours waiting time. I think I was in Frankfurt at the time. And um, usually they would always say, right, uh, people with special needs uh, uh, to get onto the plane, either assistance or children have to go first. Uh, it's usually the first call. But the first call that day was, if anyone's been to any of these countries, make yourself known right now. And oh, that right. was suddenly, yeah, and that was, the, that was the part where I went, oh, this is bad. Like, because uh, that was that was the first call at Welsh ready to board the plane. And, I was like, all oh, right, this needs to be watched. And the last event I went to was actually after we met. I went to Croatia. And um, a lot of people hadn't sort of turned up for the event. And at that point, there was some, well, I was not scared. There was the shaking of the hands. Others were doing the elbows or the, you know, I don't like the fist pumps were in fashion then. <laughs> we hadn't brought back the 90s. We hadn't brought oh. back the 90s quite yet. <laughs> but yeah, I think like at that point, it was still like, this isn't really going to go on as such. And thankfully that event passed without a hitch, but it was... I was in Croatia on the Monday or Tuesday, and by the Wednesday, uh, UK nationals were no longer allowed into Croatia, and I was already there. That was the point. I was like, uh, "What are we <laughs> going back? To? What are we going back to?" Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the thing: it's keep the faith, keep the made a plan, play the long game. And uh, the question I actually asked myself was this: um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of business leaders, and one of the questions I love hearing somebody who's successful ask or answer sorry is that if you could go back to the start and do something differently what would it be and that's when I looked at everything and I thought well what do I need and I wrote a list of things I needed and I put it down about five things that were key to what I needed for the business and uh, worked through them I didn't think of money at all like I'd cancelled what stuff I just there was no need to, was, I'm not going to worry myself I came into a present state of mind where I love to be but I literally just was like right I want this for the business. I want this. I want this. I want that. And these things that I needed to work on the plan. And it gave me something to work on every single day. And then on the other side of it, in terms of fitness and health, like my swimming pool had been shut, you know, like the gym had shut. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't able to go swimming. So I had a bike in the cupboard and I just started cycling. And like it's just been non stop. And 
uh, got into the habit of that. And that allowed me to think, it allowed me to write, um, which ultimately culminated in the Not a 95 Kind of Lifestyle uh, blog, if you like, uh, yeah. the website that I was able to think of these things I had been learning and, and absorbing for years that kept me going that, you know what, I want to write. So I want to give this to people like as well as content and set that up. But it gave me something creative to do every single day. You know, yeah, like to wake up every morning knowing that I'm going to cycle today. I'm going to write something that hopefully somebody gets something from. You know, like, and these are the key to my own personal vision board of like things that I want my freedom in life. And the only freedom I had <laughs> in that lockdown was the two wheels that I could get my bike and the bike. And the Inspired Others is the other part of my vision board where, you know, I want to give something back. So, yeah. So I remember talking about this in the podcast in the early days. Uh, both you and I have a positive mindset. We don't worry about things that we don't have any control over, which I think so many people could do with. It's like, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. But like, right, but what can you do? I've got a vision board on the back of my door with everything that I wanted to do, like, well, in theory, like during lockdown, before lockdown was a thing. It's like I wanted to travel more, wanted to do more high-end events, uh, lots of other stuff. And it's like, right, I can't do that. What can I do from the confines of home? So, well, yep. first of all, there's loads of new material that I've been meaning to work on. I can sit down and do that. Rework the old stuff as well. Uh, I got back into photography. It's like, you can't really go anywhere. So mm -hmm. I've got a garden. I've got a garden. I've got a dog. Mm -hmm. I can take practice of that. I started a podcast like a year ago. It's a year ago next week. That's amazing. And, it's just <laughs> and I've loved every second of it. So someone oh, yeah. goes... I bet you can't wait for lockdown to be over. I can't, but at the same time, I want to make sure that the things I've been doing during lockdown, I don't stop doing. I make yeah. time for them. Absolutely. I think it's key. It's doing things that you can control, that you yourself make happy, definitely. And it's and it's inspiring to hear that, David, the sort of stuff that you've been doing through that time. You keep yourself active. You've been creative with the podcast. You've been creative with the photography, you know, and like finding avenues. Uh, you're not allowing the fact that, yeah, you can't go to events because they're not allowed. If you start <laughs> worrying about that, I'm hoping that that's going to come back. Then you're living in a, a future. If you live in a future state of mind, you get anxious. Yeah. You know, yeah. say if you live in the past, you get jealous. But if you come into the present, you're truly happy. And it's what can you do today that will make you happy? Yeah. A bit like the Heather Small song, what have you done today to make you feel proud? It's like, there you go. Yeah. At the end of the day, when someone goes, oh, I've had a really bad day, there's positive somewhere in there. If you look at oh, however small mm -hmm. sure. if you smiled at someone and said hi and they answered back that's a positive yeah yeah yeah. if you woke up in the morning and get your bed some people as well that could be deemed as one you know and <laughs> there's so many other things but it's true that some people have to struggle but like make your bed in the morning first thing you do you know you've already succeeded you know it's next part right what else can you do and yeah, I mean, I could recommend a million books pretty much in terms of like where, to, where to develop habits, self-development, growth mindset, you know, and, and, and the things. But um, I suppose one tip I just would love to give, actually, is that um, through the whole Not A 95 kind of lifestyle blog that I've, I've spoke to so many people. And one thing that really strikes me is the amount of people who don't actually make time for themselves. And um like one of the things that I talk about is like goal setting, right? So what are the goals you wish to achieve? How are you going to get there, right? And that comes from your vision board, whatever, right? Now, goals come down mainly as professional, right? And people think professional goals, but nobody really goes on about what a personal goal potentially could be. There are some, obviously, but 
Um, so what I've kind of always suggested to people is like, well, at the start of the week or on a Sunday afternoon at some point, get a pen and paper out and write down three personal things you wish to do that week, right? Get them in your diary, right? That's your time, you know? So you might be getting the kids out to school. You might have the dog having to be walked. You might have work. You might have all these other things. But you know that at some point in that week, you're going to sit down for an hour and read that book you've been meaning to read for the last four months. Or you're going to go for that walk, you know? or you, Whatever it is, cook yeah. that meal that you want to try, you know? And it's just so powerful. And it just really, really releases you and gives you that happiness so that when you do wake up or go to bed uh, and you're writing that gratitude journal you can say do you know what I cooked that Greek food that reminded me of that holiday I can't wait to get back there you know or, yeah. or I finally read a bit of that book you know so or what's that film that you've been meaning to watch exactly taking time to yourself so before we go too far off topic on vision boards yep. there'll be lots of people that are going oh I've tried vision boards I got the board I stuck stuff to it it didn't happen because it, it doesn't magic happen you, you yeah. need to action it <laughs> so doing what, the doing yeah what top let's do the top three tips for people who are thinking about doing a vision board what are they very quickly and how should you use them split the vision board in a different areas of your life and this isn't just a plug for the free vision board ebook that i have on the website but if you do go to the not a night of five kind of lifestyle which i'm very sure david you'll share the link uh, oh, afterwards yeah, for the, the, for the book of course but it splits it into nine parts and i think start off with looking at uh, you and health uh, and then go to the other parts of the board whether it's creativity whether it's travel whether it's wealth uh, family etc you know there's all these different areas so look at the different areas of your life uh, and kind of work out where you kind of want to go with that first and foremost and yeah. I think that's the best place to start uh, there's nine different areas to look at start there what do you want to learn what do you who do you want to become like these sort of things you know yeah uh, certainly start there yeah, it won't work by itself it's, they're good they're powerful but you have to use them properly yeah and take a couple of hours and either write things down or use pen and paper cut things out if you want that's good fun um, simply just um, like Pinterest works or there's Miro, M-I-R-O, which is our website, you can make a vision board on it, stuff like that, you know, that you've got a place to, to get and understand. I think yeah. just get some stuff down. And, and look into journaling and meditation as well. When you combine all three, it's really looking after yourself. Yeah, definitely. Gratitude and anxiety can't coexist, you know, and I think a gratitude journal is very, very, very powerful. You know, and start your day off in a positive mindset by opening, uh, writing down what things you're grateful for that's happened in that last 24 hours. Yeah, it could be like, especially at the moment, catching up with a friend. Massively. Yeah, having a cup of tea. Like some days, when it's <laughs> what made today great? Had a really nice yeah. cup of tea. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> or was it dream it, believe it, achieve it? <laughs> you even got it on a mug. Have you got it on a <laughs> You want to see what it says in the t-shirt? I don't know if I could put this one on. Don't, don't read it out. But... <laughs> uh, it's Glasgow as, let's say, fudge. <laughs> it's because it's such a sweet city. It is, isn't it? Uh, so this is a question I got asked a while ago, and I think it's a great question. Uh, what's one common myth about your job or your industry that you work in? for the events industry what is it you do or you do be like events whatever you'll get that point oh oh you mean like weddings and birthday parties like that's one that's which 
you, you have to try to explain to some people that there are more kind of elements to the, the event side of things. Yeah. One of my favourites actually was uh, at a networking event. A guy never heard me correctly and I said events and he went on and on and on uh, about air conditioning systems. <laughs> uh, and I had absolutely zero idea what he was going on about and he was uh, I stayed interesting and I was like, sorry, sorry, I said events and he went, oh, I thought you said vents as <laughs> <was> in ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> I think he left because he was trying to sell me something which I obviously wasn't buying but <laughs> yeah, at that point one of the best answers yeah. I got off in the, someone in events a while ago was like when you say you work in events people go oh can we have free tickets to like concerts oh, and stuff Jesus I just that, that whole thing I just was like I used to work in the music industry and I worked for like uh, DF Concerts who Live Nation own a part of now and EMI Warner Chapel. So it used to always be constant guest list requests. I, I just blanketly ignored all of them. Like, you know, it just yeah. it was the best way. People just kind of got the message eventually. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. When they look at me and magic and everyone's like, oh, you get to travel the world and go to amazing events. It's like, yeah, but there's hours and like years of practice behind it. There's also a lot of time sitting in airports with yeah. delays and traveling and everything like that. Um, they see the glamorous side of it. Oh, or, or if somebody puts your, uh, your, your stage name on your uh, airline ticket as well, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I now double check. Oh, I, I will want to, like, this whole thing's over. Yeah, making sure they book it under David. Uh, I think I said it in <laughs> one of the previous podcasts, not too recently. Yeah, that and putting a car through an aircraft window. <laughs> <laughs> not recommended. Don't try it, even if you've got the right contacts. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about the one common myth about your job or your industry what's the best part of it oh do you know what for me it's the people <laughs> well uh, yeah it's a major part of it um, I think uh, a number of years ago I was sort of disillusioned with what I was sort of doing and I think like I had this idea for an events business and I've been kind of doing bits freelance here and there for some places and I think the moment and in fact I'll probably go back to it was around about the 20th of September 2019 I woke up after a four-day conference in Bangkok and I got a message on my Facebook that it was um, five years to the day that I'd launched the Panoptic Events website and it was one of the ones that I was like oh that's really cool brilliant I could share a wee memory you know and I think it was that moment I was like whoa and quoting David Byrne from Talking Heads, how did I get here? You know, I was on the 38th floor of this hotel looking over the site of Bangkok. I'd just been at a conference talking about events in Asia. And five years previously, I'd set up a website where we were providing some guitarists and DJs for bars. We were doing some brand-led activity activations at festivals. And suddenly seeing this dream that I created becoming a reality, it's definitely not there yet. However, the fact that five years down the line, I was in Bangkok on a, on a conference, um, and that wasn't obviously the first conference I've ever been to in the world, but having seen things like the meeting show and having learned about IMAX and all these other amazing places and the people that you do meet, the travel that becomes part of it, but probably seeing, waking up every day knowing that what I do dictates how things go forward, you know, and, uh, and just seeing that growth you know, throughout, and I've been ridiculously proud of the what I've been able to achieve in that time, and it's been a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. 
day looking forward to the day going, I'm going to probably put a smile on someone's face today. Yeah. It's like the other day I gave blood, which I think everyone should do if they can. It's literally an hour out of your day. And I went down, I was wearing my Magic Man London t-shirt, my magic mask and everything like that. So at the beginning, they take like the iron sample to make sure your blood's good enough. And I go through before they like jab the needle and everything in. And she's like, you magician? It's like, yeah. I ended up doing like 10 minutes of magic for them. <laughs> they were loving it. I was loving it. And so, yeah, it's like, you better take my blood now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I went, right, well, see you soon. <laughs> it's like, everyone, the question I get asked occasionally is like, what's the perfect event? And it's like, the perfect event doesn't really exist. It's yeah. the people there who make it. Massively, I think just that reaction, seeing the audience and how they react to things that you've either created in your head, you know, whether that be for yourself tricks or whether for me it's like the storyline behind an event we put on. I think that's the big part of it and seeing how an audience reacts, you know, like that idea of just the elation, the smiles of people that coming out of that event looking happy and talking about it, how much fun they had. I think that's just such an incredible and powerful uh, thing, absolutely. It's the best drug in the world. I've never taken uh, drugs because it's like when I perform or entertain, even if it's like walking the dog and doing magic for people, the buzz that gives you, yeah, it's, it's the best feeling ever. Massive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I know some magicians who do it for the money. And it's like if you're in events for money, you're kind of in it for the wrong reason. Massively. Um, with that in mind, uh, Here's the next question. What's the one thing you'd wish you'd known when you began like your career in events? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's amazing. It's a good question. <laughs> it's the one that catches everyone out because like, I do all the positive stuff. It's like, look, this is what we're doing now. And then there's always that thing at the back of the head. It's like, like why did I want to get into it in the first place? And what do I wish I'd known? Do you know what? I'm never going to take back in terms of the music industry and stuff like that, but like I played the, the, the tail end of my music industry. I was, I was very fit as a kid. Uh, the music industry obviously had to take its toll on a wee bit in terms of drinking and stuff like that. Not in a bad such way, but it was just such constant late nights, all that kind of thing. And then latterly, I started playing football. And then after I'd left music, I kind of got into swimming and stuff like that. And obviously now cycling, gym, all the rest of it. I think probably back then, just being able to take a wee bit more care of like exercise in my young 20s, uh, early 20s, I think, just because... The adrenaline that gives you and the energy that gives you, I think, you know, um, you'll know yourself, David, you're talking about like, having the, the long travel, the delays, all these things yeah. and the events. And, and it's not a, you're not finished your gig by five o'clock, you know, you've not even started it sometimes, you know, and um, you might be out driving out till three o'clock in the morning before you get back and stuff like that. And that takes a toll, I think, just maybe like prob probably more looking after health back then. And I'm, it's probably safe to say that I'm probably the fittest I've ever been in my life now and uh, I'm delighted with that but that gives me the energy and the stuff to do these things now you know and uh, I'm glad I can I really took the initiative a number of years ago to make sure that happened so I think looking back at the events wishing knowing that part um, but you know get up exercise you know, these, yeah. I think it's it's powerful like everything else kind of comes from it you know um, there's probably a million other answers that will come, but I think I think first and foremost, just look after yourself, you know, exercise and be, and that, if that's a walk a day, great. If that yeah. develops and running an ultramarathon, then absolutely brilliant, you know, but it's entirely up to yourself. So but I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that's key.
it's like at the beginning of lockdown one, I was walking the dog in Richmond Park and going for runs and everything. And then I got to the point where it's just like, I don't know, I just almost gave up. And then I rejoined the gym just over a month ago. And that month was like, just that first workout, easing it back in nice and gently to now where I am. I had a massive workout today, even in the heat. So many people go, yeah. oh, it's too hot. So do it. You actually feel better afterwards. Massively. Um, Massively. Because people get tired. It's like, oh, I'm so tired. It's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's like, right, but you're not really pushing yourself. Yep. No. Um, so, yeah, here's the next one. Uh, what did, oh, let's, let's rephrase this one. So lots of people during the pandemic went from working in events to working in supermarkets and stuff like that. So the event industry is now looking out for new people. What advice would you give to someone wanting to get into the events industry at the moment? I think when I used to talk about the students in the uh, coming out of music industry, I would always say it's like it's 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 learn by doing, you know. Um, and I'm not advocating the idea of volunteering, but sometimes that helps. I think I remember uh, if I'd done head of marketing at Panoptic Events, I actually volunteered for a festival I happened to be working on, but because of the drive and whatnot, this girl had. Uh, requested to make sure that she came on one day she shadowed us we had such a laugh but uh, ultimately I just knew the attitude and the application worked really well and um, so that was something that came to a, um, a festival to learn about sound and the uh, music side of it but ultimately like I had a wee interest in marketing now heads up her own marketing company and still works with us it's fantastic yeah. you know and seeing that sort of growth I think so it's learned by doing and um, you know um, find out the players that you want to find, know, know the sort of thing you want to do, maybe put on your own event, you know, whatever that may look like. Um, I think it's certainly it, you know, and I remember, I mean, thinking of like Glasgow, where I'm from is, um, there's, there's a set amount of venues, right? And there's so many people doing sound engineering courses or whatever in terms of trying to get into the tech side of things. And that's difficult, but sometimes it's that can I shadow, can I shadow and just been persevering and, 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 and turning up at events and speaking to people and um, in terms of the events and the network, you know, like yeah. find out the big, big events that are on and go to them, set up some meetings, you know, and speak to people. Um, yeah, for sure. I think just uh, don't just listen to the kind of textbooks that are uh, of the people yeah. in, the, in the colleges or universities. You have to get out there and actually do things and, um, and that's it's a lot easier sounding than that is, you know. It doesn't have to be a lot. Uh, yeah. Having a plan, know what you're trying to do and stuff, um, definitely. And I, I thoroughly recommend it as an industry to come into because it is so much fun. Um, if you're thinking of doing it, 100%, um, make sure you do. Um, reach out, um, find out where you what you want to do in that part of the industry. Try different things. Some parts of it might not be for you. Uh, other parts definitely will be, you know, so... Yeah. And you learn so much more rather than just the field you're in. Yeah. And you meet like amazing people. So people mm -hmm. now call me long before, like when they're thinking about booking an event. Mm -hmm. Rather than just in the early days booking me to do the magic, they now call because I've got amazing suppliers who I've worked with. And it's just like, oh, do you know someone who does this? It's like, yeah. Kind of what's your budget? I've got the person for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to get into events and you are based in London or near London on the 22nd and 23rd of June, there was a big convention up at Excel. Not sure about numbers at the moment. It all depends on what happens on the 21st. But yeah, register for it. Come down, speak with industry people. Now is almost it's the also, time. 
it's also online as well, so like it's something okay. that people could actually go to. So there's a, there's a virtual part of it. So we've got part of our team are going to be at it virtually. So um, I'm still considering whether or not I think it will be a case of the 21st if everything opens, I might come down. You know, so but again, I don't want to put travel and then find out that it's getting cancelled. You know. <laughs> So for me, I kind of, you know, I'm like, I prefer picking up the phone rather than sending a text message. And someone goes, how come you're on the books for kind of Sky Gardens, Langham, like all the big venues? It's like, I pick up the phone and speak to them. Um, if you're not the sort of person who likes picking up the phone, what would you say are the best resources that have helped you in the events world? <laughs> I'm thinking keeping, about keeping it legal. No, I've got, I know, I've got, I've got a friend there, Kieran Aitken, um, a completely different business altogether, but he's, he's, he's very out of the box. He's a young guy and he's great, right? He's hilarious at times, but um, Kieran teaches young kids how to kind of like set up their, their own businesses like at 16 years of age, basically, right? And um, he did this thing one day, he took his wallet out and he went, put your hand in there. He's <laughs> like, what? He's like, put your hand in and pull out a bit of paper. And on that bit of paper, there was like random phone numbers, right? Uh, and I picked up one and it was like, hey, it's that phone up. And see how long you can stay on the phone for. And I was like, what? He's like, phone up. And this is one I've tested to, right? But basically what he told me, the point was that um, he had like, the, a, a local police station. He had uh, loads of different like types of businesses that sort of stuff on these things, right? But a bit out there, right, on these numbers. And the whole point was they could see how long you could keep someone on the phone to kind of build up training and confidence and phone. They didn't know who they were phoning. They had to wait until the person answered. And then they had to think on the spot and basically how they could actually speak to the people, um, you know? <laughs> and, oh, that like something I want to try now. Yeah, but just like literally get random phone numbers, have no idea what each of them are, um, and keep the person in the line as long as you can and keep talking. And that was the exercise he used to do. And it's hilarious, like, you know, some of the findings, but it would get it gets you over the uh, anxiety of uh, picking up the phone. But you have to. Um, yeah. In terms of sales, I think it's like, it's getting that face-to-face -face meeting when you can again, I suppose. But ultimately, like, it's so key. It's not going for the sales straight away. I think it's getting that meeting. Um, so we've done a lot of work, a lot of... Uh, over the last six months in terms of what we've been doing internally at Panoptic Events, for example, and um, on the background as well for what I've been doing at Not a 95 kind of lifestyle, you have to have all that background. You also need to know who you're wanting to target. You know, it's not scattergun going after a thousand people. It's going, right, what 10 uh, am I looking at, for example, how are we going to get them, you know, and uh, and having that list and systematically working through it, you know, or asking for pe asking people in your network, like for, for for meetings, for example, like say for example, David, we met in the Leonardo Hotel. Was it, yeah. was it, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like sort of thing, like I know that you were doing magic at that event, and I know it because you've obviously done things through delegate angles. But say for example, I don't know that, right? And I want to maybe do an event in St Paul's. Like I've got a brief for London, and I think that's bars got a fantastic view. I'd love to do something there. Who was that magician that gave me his card? Oh, wait a minute. And I'll go in and I find Magic Man London. I was like, brilliant. I went, lovely to meet you. And, you know, just out of interest, uh, the hotel, I really liked. I'd love to do a I'd see, see it. Could you introduce me to the uh, sales manager, please? Or yeah. whoever's booked you, essentially, you know, the events team, you know? And you would go, yeah, absolutely. Because why you would do that is doing it because you're a nice guy. That's exactly why you would do it. But maybe someone um, booking that event, people go, I'd love some evening entertainment. I'd be like, I know a guy. Yeah. Who am I going to speak to? 
you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's ironically, like uh, during lockdown, I've been calling people like the chap from Leonardo, the Langham, and everything like that, not for business, yeah, just to see how they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not talking business in the slightest. Yeah. And now that events are coming back, I'm starting to have meetings with them. They're going, oh, there's this event coming up. So if you just ignore them for a year or even kind of a couple of months, they'll forget about, well, they won't necessarily forget about you. But it's just like you won't be at the front of their minds. Exactly. That's so true. I had a very, very powerful thing happen last Wednesday at MI Forum. I was at uh, Spain and Portugal one online. And uh, as soon as all the meetings had finished, I went into the networking room. A woman called Mercedes from Madrid uh, Convention Bureau came into a table I was sitting at, if you like. Uh, there was five people at it. And she went, oh, Craig, how are you? You came to our event in February. I was like, oh, how you doing, you know? Now, I've never met this woman, but she proceeded to introduce me to the entire room, right? Yeah. Why? Because... They'd reached out and know the stuff that we were doing. I'd spoke to the Madrid Convention Bureau somewhere along the line of my travels, right? Now, I've been keeping in touch, but what I've been doing is we've been doing a newsletter every couple of weeks. We've been doing podcasts. We've been doing e-books. We've been giving away everything we've learned, everything across the board through our resources. And the fact is, we keep doing it, we keep doing it, we keep doing it. And they're talking about it now across the world, like the sort of things that I've been learning. So I've been hearing about things in the Philippines, in Madrid, in Croatia, wherever, you know, and actually being able to put this information out to folks. So, um, yeah, I think it's just been very engaged with people and kind of giving value, you know, and, and, and getting information from them and being a part as well, talking essentially, okay, I can't phone all, every one of my suppliers listening <laughs> all the day, but I can keep giving value back as, as Panoptic Events team can keep giving value back for what we're doing. So definitely like keeping in the loop and as you say, like forging that personal relationship, um, absolutely, because people buy from people. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's like the amount of people that I've met on Clubhouse so the event I did last week was the event production show. Uh, and I end up on someone's stand because I was putting to him on Facebook through an events group and then was talking on Clubhouse. I was like, well, that's social media. It's not meetings. It's like, no, but it's better than not knowing these people. And then yeah, there's other people who are coming to Confex who you feel like you've known for years but never actually met them. <laughs> it's really it's good to actually catch up and do they look like their profile picture? It's going to be quite a funny uh, time, actually, like uh, when a lot of the events industry works, because like yourself, I've met a lot of people through mediums like Clubhouse, if you like, and uh, and various other things over the last year, uh, online forums, and it's going to be walking around a confex or the meeting show or yeah. IMAX or whatever over the next while and go, oh, you're such and such, you know, you're going to be able to, like... <laughs> <laughs> The skill of recognising people's voices is going to be the thing other than the visual. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's just like, Tom? <laughs> uh, and maybe what I might do is actually, if I'm dressed up, but actually wear a screen around me. So like the Instagram things that people used to have in hotels, just dress up like a MacBook or a, or a, or a PC or something, because uh, people then de de definitely be able to recognise me. <laughs> yeah, just like, this is what I look, just a module. <laughs> so, uh, this is a question that I thought up while I was on the treadmill earlier, because that's where I get bizarre ideas. Uh, how would you say the events entry has changed over the last year? And what can we expect from the events entry over the next, for example, six months? In terms of change, I think, uh, definitely a case of like being a bit more dynamic and streamlined, I think, in terms of um, 
like offerings. Um, certainly, obviously, um, safety is always paramount of, of events. You know, it's certainly going to be a big part going forward as well. Um, yeah, there's that. Um, obviously, the technology's kind of sped up a lot as well. You know, there's been a lot of uh, the, the, the dawn of Zoom and <laughs> the online meetings and stuff like that. And suddenly you're going to end up with an online industry plus a, a live industry. So that they're going to work side by side. Um, yeah, a lot of that. Um, I think, like, hopefully, actually, hopefully, there's a lot less people saying they're a lot more busy, uh, you know, like, because the amount of times you couldn't get through to people, like, um, like you know, and you're talking, you're picking up the phone, but people are answering. Like, go back to 2019. Are they answering that phone to you? And what are they doing? Are they being productive? Probably not. Like, you know, it's like, um, so I'm hoping that it brings a lot more of that human element back to what almost primitive in a way <laughs> like having that kind of communication again and like yeah i think that's certainly one thing it's going to change you know um and, and i hope it like i hope more... it's not oh, go on. i hope it's not just much of like that's the start because people haven't seen each other for a while i'm hoping it's because that's the way it should be <laughs> like you know yeah. and having that open communication like being more supportive with each other rather than treating yeah. as competition support each other, collaborate more. Yeah. Yeah, the event industry, in the grand scheme of things, is pretty small. Like, yeah. All of us who work in it, a bit like magic. There aren't yeah. that many professional magicians. Yeah. So rather than trying to compete, let's help. Let's exactly. do as many events as we can. Massively, uh, yeah, and collaboration's key. You know, it's like, I remember the first time doing my business plan for Panoptic in 2014, and like, when I started writing down what was deemed my competitors, what I realised that these are the people I actually get business from. Yes, I'm quite influenced by their companies. Yes, I want to be doing things that these companies are doing, but we work together. So it was like, that was the business plan scrap there. And then we never ever had one when we started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we had an idea of what I wanted to go and do, but like the competitors, if you like, were also my clients. So it was a bit of a strange one, but the thing is we all work together. Yeah. That's the way it should be. On the subject of the Leonardo Hotel where we met, uh, I was up in London the other week for a meeting like with someone else. And I gave um, Andrew words of buzz going, are you around? He went, yeah, yeah, I'm around. Uh, went down, saw the new roof terrace. Remember what it used to be? I don't know, that's the first time I've ever been in. Uh, you know, the Leonardo where we had the party last March. That was the fourth time I've been in. Yeah, but do you remember what the roof was like? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. You wouldn't recognize it now. <laughs> it's amazing there's a beautiful yeah. bar on top and the whole hotel has changed it's all nicely themed and he was rushed off his feet uh, now my guess is if i hadn't spoken to him in a year he would have gone i'm busy yeah but we had like a five we had a whirlwind tour around at the new place <laughs> there, and that was about it but he Fantastic. took time out yeah to just have a quick catch-up quite right and that's what it's about massively um, so coming on to like penultimate question. You, you, you mentioned something about the six month part. What was that? Was there on that? It was the two part for the last one. Was there anything else to add there? What was the six month part? Oh no, because there's like six months left of the year. Uh -huh. So what can people expect from events? My top tip would be if you're thinking about having an event over the next six months, book it in now because dates uh -huh. genuinely are disappearing. Yeah. Um... I think, like, I mean, for us, it's probably we're looking at more kind of Q4 this year in terms of like uh, more um, like experience-led events. I think 
uh, experiential spoiler uh, wellness incentives and stuff. But yeah, I think uh, uh, if you're looking to book events <laughs> as well, we'll just maybe have a cancellation policy put together. So it'd be great to have more and more events in. But yeah, we'll see where it goes. So. Perfect. Um, here's the penultimate question. What have you learned about yourself during lockdown? <laughs> I've got a light box sitting over there that says on it vision, persistence and focus um, if I had an extra line on it I would write resilient right? and I think the, uh, the events industry is very resilient and it's certainly one thing where I've that's, that's my, my part on it I think is um, I, I know I'm quite a resilient character but I think that's certainly one thing that I've really really learned this year and I'm pretty sure a lot of others have uh, we will not be beat. The show will go on. You know, yeah. at what point? You know, and yeah, and being able to bring that skill, if you like, uh, into my vision, which is what I'm creating. The persistence, how we're going to get there, and focus of how we're not going to waste time in terms of getting there. So yeah, resi uh, resilience. Hundred percent. And there's so many people that, like, over the course of lockdown, I haven't done anything. It's like, what, what about yourself? What, what, what have you learned yourself? to look after myself more take more time for myself to work on new stuff meditate yeah. more because I, I and journal journal kind of i used to journal every day at the beginning of lockdown and then probably about a couple of months ago i i, thought, I woke up and said like, i don't feel like doing it so i didn't and then mm -hmm. i did it a few days later when it felt right yeah so it's listening to yourself more yeah because all too often we're trying to please everyone. It's like, we need to look after ourselves first. You have to. It's so true. It's like, my, one of my favourite quotes that I learned last year was, uh, you're only competing against yourself, you know? And just being so that you're only competing a bit against yourself. Um, and not, if you don't feel like doing something that day, don't beat yourself up about it. Move on to the next day. You know, that sort of idea. You know, it's like, there were... One of the things I did at the start of last year is I bought myself uh, Pro Evolution Soccer, like for 20 quid at the start of lockdown. Uh, it was literally, uh, this is the last 20 quid I'm going to spend before who knows what. But anyway, it allowed me to escape into another world at the end of my day. But my day was trying to save my events business each and every single day for months on end. But each and every single night, at the back of nine, ten o'clock, I was going on to Pro Evolution Soccer, staying up to whatever time in the morning, playing this game. And then the next morning, repeating. And then that time, that's when I started to cycle 100 miles a week in the bike. That's when I started to be creative and write. But basically, at the end of that day, all that thinking, all that writing, everything that we were doing, building the business, I was escaping into this fantasy world, trying to win the European Cup with whatever football team I was playing. But I needed that escape. And I think it's, and, but the thing is, whereas before, if I'd done that in 2018, 2019, when our business, if you like, was thriving, um, I would have been like, guilty a wee bit about it you know where it's actually now i need that escape you know so oh 100 uh so what are the big plans for the future like once <laughs> this is all over like basically what's your retirement plan so when you've done events and kind of in your old age like right what's the dream see without coming across uh, like anything <laughs> other than what i'm generally honest with um a number of years ago, I started a plan based on work smarter, right? Uh, it's not harder. Uh, that led to a lot of things. Uh, it depends how deep you want me to get in this sort of thing. But ultimately, what happened was um, in the music industry, I was waking up in the morning, going to the 
uh, King Tuts. I was working all day there. I was still running my own website about music news. So therefore, when I was leaving King Tuts, I was going to see bands, right? Busman's Holiday, if you like. I was scouting the bands for EMI, Warner Chapel. I was there at the weekend. I was DJing maybe three, four nights a week, right? And then my downtime, like with my any partner or whatever, would maybe go and see a band somewhere, right? Literally, so it's music, music, music. And that's cool. It's excellent. It's great when you're young, right? Um, and then I'd be doing my emails from other business as well, booking all my club nights, all the rest of it. Who it went on and on and on and on and on. But see, when I look back in that now, I'm going, all I did was work, right? It might be something in events if you like, right? All I did was work though. Um, whereas now, especially in 2019, I never went to the office before 12. I was in the swimming pool, you know. I was going through visioning. I was going through gratitude. I was going through focus. I was going through all these things you might read about in all these books. And late 2018, definitely start of 2019, I was reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, right? And Tim Ferriss uh, is, is great to follow uh, with some of the stuff he does. And um, he talks about a timeline of life. Now, I spoke about a timeline of life years ago because I kind of didn't do what I was meant to do. That, you know, I was meant to be an architect and I was meant to be this profession, whatever it may have been that every society person had basically tried to get me to do. And somewhere along the line, I deviated and I became a DJ and I had a great fun career doing that. I'd done all these things in music, blah, blah, blah. And that's cool. However, I kind of broke away from this timeline where you kind of get through, you go, you wake up, you're born, you go to school, you go to further education, apprenticeship job, whatever that may be. You get towards retirement, you die, right? And I broke away from that. And the first time I'd ever seen this written down, and this thing I believe was in Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week. And he spoke about that whole entire timeline and all the rest of it. But he said, what happens when you get to like retirement age? You save that money and whatnot. But maybe that's 60, 65, right? You then get to go and travel. You might get to switch a stop, off and stop. But you might not, one, be physically able to do that, right? Yeah. You might not be able to go away and do these things. And what he spoke about was this thing called mini retirements. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? And basically what it was, was like, you're young, you're able, look after yourself, just do what you want to do right now, because that might never happen. In my own personal life, my dad died at 51. He never got to retire, right? Yeah. In that timeline, he had such a great life in terms of, he worked for British Airways, so we were able to travel the world, and that's where the, bug, the travel bug came from. And I just thought, that's so powerful, like, the money retirement. So for me, 2019 became an experiment, right? I was like, can I build a business while being 100% good enough remote? Like, you know, and we had the systems in place, right? And like, can I do this? And it was great getting invited to all these events and they pay for your flights, they put you up in the hotels. I would stay longer, I'd meet friends. I've got friends all over the world now. But ultimately what I was doing was many retirements, right? Now this doesn't need money. This doesn't need like a ton, like, you know, put away. It, does, yeah. it really does not. You know, it's like you get your wage every month, whatever you do, and be able to enjoy these things and actually getting out and going, right, that's what I'm going to do. And it became so powerful for me. So in terms of time, I don't have one per se. I, I, I've, in the last um, year and a bit, out of all the different things I've learned, I've learned about wealth management. I've been able to put away a bit of savings, right? I've, I've, I've done well. I've got a safety net, you know? Yeah. It's a bit bigger than I had it before. But the thing is, if that's what drives me, and it's certainly not, but I know that I can fall back should anything happen. And I've been sensible with that. But ultimately, it's like, I want to travel. I want to learn new things. I want to experience and learn from other cultures. All these things, you know, that I can do, you know, and how you can systemize all the rest of it. So there's no great 
I'm going to retire at this age or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. I, I want to build my business. Uh, I've got a plan. It's a very, very bold and ambitious plan, which I've said to my team, if I should set it on other podcasts, exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, and we're working towards that, you know, and every single day. You know, it's like we want to deliver world-class experiences through our events, you know. Um, the big thing I wrote on that wall at the end of uh, March 2020, right in the middle, I wrote to become Europe's largest events company. Now, the reason I did that was to give me something that was like a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Something that we might never achieve, but we're going to have a lot of fun getting there, you know. But it's like a, t- a goal that, you know, let's work towards it. But what it allows me is decision-making, because any decisions we make, any clients we try to bring in or whatever, is based on does it fit with that? You know, is it fitting with what we're trying to do, you know, move forward? So it's being big and bold. So um, I want to continue to be happy. I want to continue to have freedom. Um, I want to help in other people uh, achieve what they want to achieve in life. You know, I'm more than always happy to help pass on advice or recommendations of books or podcasts or things like that as well you know so um <laughs> there's no there's no sitting in a castle counting my money like because it's <laughs> certainly not certainly not i think it's more trying to find a, uh, a boat and be traveling across cambodia or, uh, or bali again or something having a great time you know so um but doing it at an age like now where i can enjoy that you know out of all the people i've asked that question that's my favorite answer <laughs> Thank you, David. Because it's like, yeah, look, we only get one shot at this life. Enjoy it yeah. while you can. It's true. It's true. I lost my dad. I was uh, 21 years of age. He was 51, you know. Uh, he had a good life and it inspired me, you know. And uh, my mum's still here, thankfully, you know, and she's enjoying well, She is now retired, you know, but, like, uh, you know, being able to do that and taking that inspiration from my mum and my dad, but also taking it from books like reading what Tim Ferriss does and other people like in that field yeah. and actually enjoying it. Because like tomorrow doesn't exist. It doesn't. <laughs> it really does not. Um, it, it may, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, you can go to bed tonight and not wake up. Exactly. I'm sincerely hoping that's not the case. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You the last ever podcast. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only years worth that will do. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to series two, though. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it'll be a continuation of series two rather than like series three. Okay. Yes. I'm only taking like a little break. Uh, where can people find you online versus like panoptic and not a nine to five lifestyle? Yeah, I think. Uh, very simply for panopticevents.com, the website, and you've got links. We're on various platforms um, across there. We use Pinterest. Uh, we also use, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, these things. Um, we've got regular playlists on Spotify in terms of music we put away, and uh, Panoptic Events has got a series of resources. So if anyone is actually looking to get into the events industry, there's a series of books there we've wrote the last uh, that, in fact, this year, mm-hmm. uh, which m- maybe help people get different ideas. Um, all the links are there and we've also got an event makers podcast and we'll get you on sometime for sure and uh, the other one is not a 9 to 5 kind of lifestyle.com which is about putting yourself first Um, and then there's a daily kind of blog on uh, Instagram that comes to that and the links again are on the uh, website fairly visible yeah we'll put the links in the description below as well so people can just click through yeah 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 so here's the last question Uh, what's the best magic trick you've ever seen (laughs) <laughs> you put this on a pandemic at the start no um, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> that, that was not me 
That was something <laughs> I look forward to in China, but we're not going there. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's an only spot one. Like there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of fun tricks I've seen through. You know. Um... <laughs> wow. I'm on the, honestly on the spot. I've seen so many magicians in my time. I can't think of it off the top of my head where I go, ah. <laughs> so many. It's worth all the hours of practice. I know, I know, but there's, I know, it's just like, it's always fascinating just to see the things like getting bent or like where things appear and, you know, like, <laughs> there's been so many. So you know what it is, I'm not rephrasing the question just for you, but it's kind of, you remember the experience of it. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah, I've always been. really want. People will forget the tricks we did, apart from like yeah. the white stick and stuff like that. I think there's been so many events I've been to, magicians have been there and they've like, come here, come here and see this. Yeah. And it, it'll brought people over. It, it does remind me of one actually, um, there's a magician in Glasgow um, where he did this like, cocktail bar and stuff like that and he did this trick, um, like pick the card, all that sort of stuff, the whole kind of theatre around that. And, the, and I think the three cards that he showed, showed, showed us were all wrong. And... Um, you know, he had this whole kind of theatre bit behind it, but I think it was just like, he went away kind of desolate. You know, and he went, oh, follow me. I'm, I think it was either like going out for a cigarette, I think he was saying, can I stay come with us or whatever it was? And we get outside and we were standing outside. I remember it being quite a rainy night in Glasgow as well, because that's generally what we get. <laughs> and he saw I was just sat out pondering and he was looking up and about two stories above us, or two floors above us, there was a card in glass like, way up there. <laughs> uh, and he'd take us from one end to the bar and take us outside and this card was planked way up there and he went oh what's that <laughs> I, think, I remember that one quite well um, quite a memorable trick you know and I thought that's quite clever anytime you put something on the ceiling or something like that it always gets good reactions yeah that was good quality <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for being a guest on Magic Talks episode 52 you like wind up the year's worth of podcasts Congratulations for getting to a year. It's been so much fun. But I now like have a break. It's a two-week break. (laughs) I'm back in July. And it's just like the amount of people who think a podcast is sitting down, pushing record. There's so much more that goes into it. Massively. Um, But yeah, I will definitely see you in the real world sooner rather than later for a pint. Well, hopefully very soon. Um, Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And I very much look forward to that. (laughs) <laughs> well look after yourself and i Congra- will... congrats congratulations on wrapping up the series um yeah, it's fantastic good fun. Yes. well done all right i'll speak to you soon take care everyone <laughs> bye